It's time for WAKR's This Week in Tech with Gene Destro. This Week in Tech is brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton, your home for copiers, printers, and supplies. This week we're focusing on the use of artificial intelligence in schools after the state of Ohio just recently sent a new AI toolkit to school districts statewide. We wanted to find out what that includes, how it might be used, and the kinds of changes, both positive and potentially negative, that AI could introduce into the classroom. So I talked about it with Marcy Ebright from Akron Public Schools, who was formerly one of their instructional technology specialists and is now their director of college and career academies. I think we're all sort of at this beginning stages of sort of researching and and potential opportunities that the toolkit could bring for our school district and our students and our community. And I'm glad that the governor's office has sort of had the foresight to get ahead of this a little bit in the conversations because it is rapidly developing. It seems like every day, the advancements and the opportunities of what this will mean for education has been sort of dramatically changing. And so it's nice to see that they're sort of thinking about how that could impact the school policies that we have, how it might impact the resources that we give teachers, what does it mean for our families and students, what communication tools can we use to get in front of that with them. So I think that all of that's going to be super helpful as we start to really frame out this next level of education and innovation. Yeah, you know, it's interesting to me that we've gone from, let's say, last year at this time when we were first talking about how chat GPT just kind of had stormed onto the scene. And at that point, teachers were talking about, well, how are we going to be able to know the difference between Johnny Smith's essay and mm-hmm. chat GPT's essay that Johnny Smith just turned in as his own work. And now I'm assuming that's still a concern, but the discussion has broadened into how can we use AI in our teaching? So I wonder if we could talk about that. Absolutely. So, I mean, again, so the the chat GPT as it's been coming out as a personal user, right? Sort of delving into how it's helped my productivity as as an, an education so from everything like, help me make this email sound friendlier right? or or looking at a job posting and sort of, you know, now it's sort of like looking at a job description or posting and asking AI to look for evidence of bias in the job posting. So things like that have been really helpful. Even doing interview questions, if you have a, a job posting, and one of the things I always struggle with is getting really good inter- interview questions that might have looking for diversity and equity and inclusion inside of those questions. And so being able to ask AI as sort of this thought partner as you're trying to develop some of those things. So for me, there's been sort of that movement from the the productivity side of it, right? And so, and we've been sharing that side with teachers. There's a lot of tools out there that you can go straight to chat GPT, but now there's a lot of developers that are coming up with sort of these easy to ask apps. So you might plug in your standard and ask AI to unpack the standard for you and all the learning steps that would get the students to mastery of that standard, which prior would have been maybe having to sit down and think through all those things and possibly missing 
taking steps or the time consumption to get all of that done instead of getting to some results where you can really start to make sense of it. So we shared actually an app like that with our math department the other day who had just finished doing all this unpacking of their math standards with their teachers. And it took them several months to get through it. And they were like, oh, if we had had this three months ago, we could have put our standards in, looked at the results, and then helped parse out the information. And it would have saved us a bunch of time. And we could have really just had robust conversations around these steps we were finding if they made sense for what we wanted to move forward in. So it's not a copy and paste that AI gives you back. You still need to use your critical thinking skills and select from it. So that's why I like to think of it as this thought partner that's helping you sort of elevate your work a little better. And so I think the same thing needs to be said with students. They're, you know, they, they're going to have those struggles, like with any technology that we've had the last 20 years, right? <laughs> that that same concern is that kids are just going to copy from Wikipedia, or they're just going to copy from some article they find online, or they're just going to find some other resource that they're going to use. And it, it's just going to be another conversation around using those tools valuably. And so I think that we'll continue to see that evolution of thought. I do feel in some ways we're very much in the dark ages of what this technology is going to do. I think in 10 years, we're going to be like, how did we ever live without this resource in our lives? Because I think it's going to be, I don't know if ubiquitous is the right word, but you know, so pervasive in our daily lives and the things that we're doing that it'll just be part of our natural being just like, like cell phone and the internet is. Um, so I think we're on the sort of cusp of this really different innovation that's gonna in, be across everything that we're doing. So I don't, I think in education, that's not gonna be something that's escapable. I think you're gonna see it in your textbook adoptions because how are they gonna infuse AI into the resources that students are doing digitally? How are they gonna use it to push for higher level question and thinking? I think there's gonna be a lot of opportunity that we're just sort of now tapping into that potential. So yeah, I think it's gonna be a whole different ball game and 10 years is probably way too long in the estimate. I think in three years, we're gonna be in a whole different realm of conversation around what AI is doing. And I think it's really, really exciting. I guess when I listen to what you said, for example, about when your teachers were saying, oh man, if only we had this a few months ago, we could it could have saved us time. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm thinking of it like as an adult and as a teacher who's used to critical thinking and mm-hmm. planning, if there were any quirks or inconsistencies in what got spit out of the query or whatever it is that you did with it. It's mm. like you would be experienced enough and savvy enough mm. to know, oh, well, there's something missing here. Or, gee, I think that that maybe is like a figment. I don't think that that's really accurate. And I guess that's my concern because there are still plenty of examples of these AI tools just kind of coming up with stuff out of the blue that's not accurate. And I feel like adults, we have at least some critical thinking mm-hmm. faculties that kids, I mean, they just don't have it yet. And I'm, I'm a yeah. little worried that they're going to blindly adopt this and, mm-hmm. and, and come up with all kinds of stuff that like isn't true. Mm-hmm. I guess that's your role to make sure they don't. But, right. but, you know, you might be fighting against the tool itself. I guess maybe yeah. we could address that. Well, you know, and the, the internet itself, you know, is can be a pool of misinformation, right? And teaching right. kids to be critical thinkers is something that we do in education. I sort of liken it back, and, and I'm, I know I'm going to 
I'm remembering this wrong, but it was something similar to like this really fancy webpage and it said volcano octopus thrives or something like that, which of course there's no such thing as a volcano octopus, but the page looked really legitimate, right? And so you would use it with kids to be like, let's look at this and read through what we're seeing and what well, it looks factual, but what's what's making you feel like this could not be? And so looking at the source of the page, looking at and, you know, looking for other sources other than the one that you're looking at to see if you can verify this against other sources. So I think if anything, like what I've seen when I've been using AI tools for myself is you have to think critically about what you're looking at because it can kind of take you off at a tangent, like, like this isn't what I really intended. And then, you know, pull out what's the best in it. There was a couple other things we were looking at the other day that were kind of interesting. We do in our, in college and career academies in our high schools, sort of themed academies. So students are in a healthcare academy where they have their own English teacher, math teacher, healthcare CTE teacher that's giving them some certifications. They got science, it's all just one group. And one of the things that teachers have always struggled with is if the kids are interested in healthcare, how do we as a team of teachers infuse that into our curriculum so it's guiding with it's it's with the students interests and one of the tools i saw was where kids could sort of take this interest inventory those things i like i like to skateboard i like video games i like writing in my spare time my favorite books are harry potter whatever and then the ai could customize sort of these questions um in essay form math questions science questions you know, if Beyonce is your favorite singer, it could actually customize a whole set of questions in mathematics against Beyonce's concerts. And so you think about that hook that can keep kids sort of interested while still learning the content is super interesting, right? To be able to pull all that information out and have AI do that for you, I think is going to get that relevance we want kids to have. It gives a tool to teachers because one of the other tools I saw was where they could plug in, say, the English 10 writing standard as a team and put it in the manufacturing career cluster. And it gave us essay prompts around how do you write technical manuscripts and nonfiction, that's something around nonfiction writing. And so it relayed that to the area of interest that kids would be studying. So I thought, wow, isn't that I don't have to be like the keeper of all this knowledge. I, as the English teacher, could plug this information in and get really quality essay prompts for my students around the things that they're interested in and not have to, to climb the mountain, right? Now I can get to what I really want for them and and get their writing going in that direction. So I think some of the, the mountain climbing could be reduced for staff when you're using those tools to the best of their abilities. That sounds great. And I really am interested in that piece that you just mentioned about, let's say, using one of the students are in like the kind of the manufacturing and they know they're going to maybe go to work in a welding shop or in a manufacturing mm -hmm. firm. One of the things that I've heard from employers my entire career is that having those writing skills is really important in the world of business, but that's mm. one of the things that they find that students often lack. And even if you're good at talking to your friends or writing a, an essay about Hamlet, you wouldn't necessarily know how to write about, like you said, mm -hmm. some sort of manual, maybe about the new welder they're going to use or something like that. That could be really useful. It's all gets back to, you like to write about things that are purposeful and meaningful to you, right? And they're relevant to your life. 
And sometimes in traditional sort of classroom settings, when you're asking kids to write, it could be about things that are very disconnected from their world. But the process you're wanting to get to is the writing, right? It's not always about that I was able to answer this Shakespearean question in my class, but I want the kids to be able to critically think, respond, solution, you know, ideate, come up with next steps. And that's what I'm really looking for. So if I can use a tool that can tap into what's relevant and important to them and allow them to go through that process, then why wouldn't I do that? You know, and I think that that's one of the things that you struggle with a lot with students, right? How do you make it relevant to the life? The age old question, what am I ever going to use this for? But if I can say, well, you want to be a dental hygienist, right? Here's why you're going to have to know what the area of a circle is, right? So there's a connection we can start to make and use AI to help us make those connections. And I think we'll eventually reduce that frustration that educators sometimes feel of when you've got 130 kids, how do you possibly differentiate for all of their interest areas and, and needs and their abilities and the assets that they're bringing to the classroom and their backgrounds in order to really get the instruction where you need to be. So I think that there's lots of potential there that would help us get there. That sounds great. When we talked about this AI toolkit, what kind of resources? Are there handouts or, or what? I mean, I'm assuming- Yeah, that- the one from the governor. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I just, yeah, I'm kind of, like I said, I've kind of briefly looked at some of it as well, but what I'm seeing is sort of, you know, the sort of policy development for school districts. So as school boards, you know, have set their policies, especially around instructional technologies, technologies, devices, safety protocols, expectations around different things. And what do we do? How is AI going to impact those things? And I think that this, there's a toolkit here for them to sit there and think about those policies and potential impacts. They're constantly reviewing policies as the environments and world changes. And what do we, what do they need to revisit? So I think that this is a, a piece there for them. I see the, the, it's the resources for parents and teachers. And so sort of those beginning things I think are going to be really helpful for them to have some of those conversations, disseminate that information out to them. But those are the, I think are the big, the big chunks that are going to be helpful to sort of open the conversations and start threading it through really everything that we're doing. So I don't, I don't see an area of education that's going to be sort of left out that's not going to have to think about the potential impact. So far, we've talked more about the older kids. Do you see this as being something useful for teaching your younger kids, your, let's say your K through eight as well? Yeah. Our goal with our elementary age students is that they leave elementary, going into middle school, feeling Like they can really pose questions, good questions, and know that they can try to find answers to those questions. So they have a greater sense of wonder. We also work on a lot of their sort of social competencies that we want them to build up as an elementary age student so that they're better prepared for middle school. I could see how AI could be leveraged with the teacher to help really get those higher level questions that we want kids to dig into instead of the sort of the, the direct answer. So here's the question and there's, you know, one answer to it. So two plus two is four. So why is two plus two four? And so the the next level of having kids sort of think deeper about their thinking, I think teachers will be able to leverage those tools to help kids push them to the next step. I could see how AI could have 
you know, the algorithm to put in some data sets about your younger students, how they're answering questions, and then be able to say, okay, in order to move them, here's what would need to happen next in order to get them to the next level of learning. You know, when you have 25 kids in a room, being able to get something that could help you with that diagnostic could really benefit the individual student. Um, it's yet to be seen. So you know, the, how kids could use it as a productivity tool at that age, because it is you know, can be a rather sophisticated, but I definitely see that there could be options for that. So kids could do story generators. They could be putting in their favorite cartoon characters, their, you know, themselves, and they could create a whole story that involves them in a unique literature that they write using AI tools. I think that there's lots of potential there for our youngest learners and educators as well. That sounds fantastic. You know, as you are talking about how inspiring this can be for students, I have often gotten the advice along the lines of, you know, be a lifelong learner, be Mm. a lifelong student. And it sounds to me like it's possible that these tools could be really great for people after they even leave school, right? Oh, absolutely. I think that you're going to see AI type of results replace the world of Google, right? So I'm guilty of this. Having a dinner conversation with somebody, a topic comes up. was like, who was that actor in that movie? And everybody goes to their phone to remember who it was, right? <laughs> because you want to know the answer right then. There's no right. mystery in the world anymore. Everybody wants their answers when they answer. And somebody's like, oh yeah, that was, you know, Tom Hanks. So everybody has done that sort of thing. But sometimes Google only can give you so much, right? It's going to give you sort of the answers to questions that you are posing directly to it. But then when you get to sort of different sorts of questions, you could get a lot of variety of answers, right? You get a lot of opinion pieces and where you might not get the factual information or historical information. I think that you're going to see that sort of metamorphosis of how we're using AI in our day-to-day life to help us answer or pose questions to each other. We did an activity the other day with a group of our teachers here, our, our central education staff. And like once a month, we all get together in a huge meeting and I opened it up with an AI activity. So we pulled up, I got two volunteers from the audience. They came up and I asked them to name a job from today. And I think somebody said like auto mechanic or something. And then one person was the auto mechanic of 2024 and the other person was the auto mechanic of 1924. And I asked AI to have a conversation between these two people and what's changed in their lives. And AI generated this whole script of the 1924 versus the 2024 auto mechanics. And it was kind of funny, comical, but it was really talking about the advancements in the technologies and and some things that stayed the same and the need for automobiles and a demand for automobiles versus, but also the change in the technologies. Um, And to make it even more fun, we just threw in, make them talk like a pirate in the script. So then they're both having this conversation (laughs) as pirates auto mechanics from a hundred years apart. And everybody was laughing and invested in it. It was so adorable, but you could see how at the end of that, you could then post to your kids, like, what was the differences? What, what changed? What stayed the same? And really it had everybody, like a hundred people in the room were just bought into this funny conversation that took five minutes to generate and have sort of on the fly. So I don't know where I'm going with all that, but it was a really like, 
interesting sort of thing to do with a live group of people. And they left going, oh, I'm going to go try this and, and, and play around with it some more. And some people have come up to me. I'm like, I hadn't used it before. And I had a problem come up the other day that I couldn't get an answer on Google. So I went to AI and boom, it gave me all these great resources and thoughts to get started on that I wouldn't have normally had the time to do on my own or would have had to call a whole meeting and got a whole bunch of opinions instead of like sort of getting to the work that needed to happen. So it's, I just think it's going to be a little wildfire of stuff once people really get their minds wrapped around what they can do with it. Uh, getting back before we wrap up, though, I, I still want to go back to kind of the issue that we had talked about, not necessarily you and I, but, you know, teachers had been talking about last year with, let's say you assign a writing assignment mm. and somebody uses AI to generate the whole thing. At that time, there really weren't any tools to kind of ferret that out. But I've yeah. heard that over the past year or so, some new tools that can detect have come out. So yeah. are they developed yet or are they just still in we the haven't, you know, I haven't seen them yet. I know that people are probably working on that development because, you know, anti-plagiarism tools using mm -hmm. technology for anti-plagiarism is nothing new. We've, those tools have been in existence for a long time. So I think that you're going to see them sort of morph into the AI market too and, and add in that resource to identify if AI has been used to generate this essay or results. I haven't seen them myself, but I'm sure that there's going to be the demand for that market will also grow in the education landscape as the use of AI continues to grow as well. That was Akron Public Schools College and Career Academy's Director Marcy Ebright, and I'm Jean Destro. Thanks for listening. Stay happy and healthy, and we'll see you again next week. This has been This Week in Tech with Jean Destro on WAKR, brought to you by Cartridge World in North Canton.